Hi, everybody. Hi, Ian. How are you today? Hi, I'm good. How are you? Yeah, I'm good. I'm quite excited for this episode. Uh, we're going to have a little bit of fun today um, and hopefully a little bit of education too. Um, so today's episode is going to be geared around the Turing test. Um, and before I get into that, I'll explain a bit about Alan Turing and what the Turing test is. Um, and then we can have a bit of fun um, and do our own little experiment, which will be slight variation on the Turing test. Um, but let's see how it goes. How do you feel about that, Ian? Yeah, excited because clearly this is research in action live. Mm. Not live, it's recorded, but you know, we are doing it right here, right now. So cool, mm -hmm. excited. Okay, so have you heard of the Turing test before, Ian? Yeah, just earlier. <laughs> okay, before we, we had that conversation before. today, have you heard of the Turing test? I, I have heard the term, but I never looked into what it exactly meant. Okay, that's fine. I'll be educating you as I edu uh, along the yeah. way as I educate everybody else. So um, the Turing test is something I first came across when I was studying artificial intelligence and computer science at my university. Um, and it's quite fascinating. Um, and what I'll do is I'll very briefly uh, read the ChatGPT uh, definition of it, and then I'll explain what it actually means. So ChatGPT says the Turing test is a measure of a machine's ability to exhibit intelligent behavior indistinguishable from that of a human. In the test, a human evaluator engages in a text-based conversation with both a machine and another human without knowing which is which, aiming to determine if the machine's response mimics human-like conversation effectively enough to pass as a human. So what that essentially means is that um, that Alan Turing devised this test because he wanted to um, understand whether artificial intelligence could be considered to have uh, intelligence. And that doesn't mean that it's going to be true intelligence or consciousness, but rather that it can mimic human behavior convincingly. Um, and the way the test was uh, run is that there's a setup part of it, which is where a person, a human person, so for example, Iron, would engage in sort of a text-based conversation. So they would go onto a computer um, and they, they wouldn't know who's on the other end, whether it's a machine or a human, and they would ask questions or input some text and they would get a response and they'd have to try and guess um, whether it was a human or a computer. Um, and then um, after the conversation, um, um, they, um, they kind of, uh, based on the quality uh, of the conversation, they would, you know, decide, kind of come to that point of, oh, this is a human or a, a computer, I've already said that. And then um, if they can't reliably um, kind of um, distinguish between a human and a computer, that means that the test is, um, that the machine has passed the Turing test and that it's sort of um, alluding to a, a level of AI because it can simulate a human-like conversation effectively. And uh, we know that ChatGPT um, recently is, is becoming much more engaging and there are other apps like the Pi uh, chat app. Um, and we, we already understand that there's that level you know, exists within the, the responses that ChatGPT and other AIs produce and other chatbots as they become more sophisticated. But what we're gonna try and do is a, is a fun version of that today. And we're going to get Iron to guess whether it's a human or whether it's ChatGPT, which is a play on the killer song, Are You Human or Are You Dancer? So this episode is, Are You Human or Are You ChatGPT? Um, and how it's going to work is rather than Iron 
uh, inputting text, which wouldn't be very engaging for you as the audience um, and receiving a text-based response. I'm gonna act as the computer um, and Ian's gonna ask me the questions and then I'm gonna give him the responses. So I just wanna caveat the human responses aren't my responses because Ian knows me so well, so he'd be able to guess very easily. Um, they have come from my um, friends and my community um, on the Psychology in Seattle, uh, fan discord server so i posed these questions to them earlier and they responded so i've used some of their human responses and some chat gpt responses and then iron's going to guess which is which and then we might do a reverse game afterwards where i'm put to the test how does that sound Ian? amazing i'm excited so mm -hmm. let's do so research yeah and before we get started i do want to say a little bit about um Alan Turing, because Alan Turing was this amazing man. Um, he was a British mathematician, logician, logician and computer scientist. Um, and he did a lot of groundbreaking work in AI and he was part of the code breaking project during World War II. So he was really crucial in helping the British government decipher the Nazi codes, um, especially with the Enigma machine, uh, which then contributed to the victory um, of the allies. And I've seen this machine in the uh, in, Mil in uh, Bletchley, in Bletchley Park, where he was based. Um, however, he also had a bit of a tragic life because, um, because uh, homosexuality was considered a criminal offence in the UK and he was persecuted for this. Um, and in 1952, um, the British government convicted him of gross indecency and then he was subjected to chemical castration and then he very tragically died by suicide in 1954. Um, however, reparations have been made. Um, in 2013, the Queen posthumously granted him a, a royal pardon and there was a recognition of his contributions to science um, and also the acknowledgement of the injustice of his persecution. And although this was a long overdue and belated acknowledgement of his legacy, it was a step forward uh, for, the, the, for our society in terms of uh, rectifying discrimination that he faced. And they even put him on the back of a 50 pound note. So um, yeah, it was sad, but um, I'm also glad these reparations did happen. Um, yeah. Thanks for sharing that. I think this is really important. Mm -hmm. Okay, so shall we start? Yes. So just the setup to reiterate is I'm going to read out a question, you're going to respond, and the response is either human or machine, right? Yes. From yes. a human or from a machine, and then we're going to talk about it. Okay, yes. cool. So it's a question or a phrase, and it's human or chat GPT. Right, perfect. So the first question is, what is your most memorable childhood event, and how has that impacted you today? Uh, moving to another city when I was 11, I felt really lost and struggled to really find my identity after that. Human. Okay, um, I'll, I'll let you know which ones you were right and which ones you were wrong at the end, just so we don't mess up the experiment. Is that okay? Yes. Okay. Um, Next. Yeah, nice. Describe yourself using only colors and shapes. I am an amalgamation of vibrant hues and dynamic forms. Picture a kaleidoscope of swirling colors with shades ranging from the deepest blues to the brightest yellows, 
all intermingling in a symphony of chromatic harmony. My essence embodies the fluidity of curves and the precisions of angles with shapes morphing seamlessly from soft circles to sharp triangles and everything in between. Each hue represents a facet of knowledge and creativity, while every shape symbolizes versatility and adaptability. Together, they form a mosaic of intelligence and imagination, constantly evolving and shaping the world around me. I want to say chat GPT, but I also want to say um, it's convincingly human. Which you going with? Chat GPT. Okay. Next question. Um, describe why time flies like an arrow, but fruit flies like a banana. Time flies like an arrow. This part is a metaphor suggesting that time moves swiftly and straightforwardly akin to the flight path of an arrow when it's shot from a bow. It's a way of saying that time passes quickly and consistently, but fruit flies like a banana. Here's where the twist comes in. We're switching gears from talking about time to talking about fruit flies. Those pesky insects are often attracted to ripe fruit. The word flies here is both a noun referring to the insect and a verb uh, indicate uh, suggesting movement or behavior so when we say fruit flies like a banana we're implying that fruit flies are drawn to bananas indicating their preference for this particular fruit so when we put it all together we're contrasting the abstract concept of time and more tangible behavior of fruit flies using wordplay to create a clever and humorous comparison it's a fun way to play with language and explore the quirks of human communication chat gpt okay next question how do you feel when you think about your upbringing and what makes you feel that way? I feel a little conflicted when I think about my upbringing. I feel guilty towards my parents for acknowledging that I maybe didn't have the perfect childhood. Some of my childhood was really wonderful and some of it was really hard. I guess I'm still working through it and I don't really have a clear narrative about my upbringing, which can also be confusing and difficult. Human. Okay. You're smiling. I'm <laughs> smiling. I'm smiling because this is a like, game. Yes, that's wrong. <laughs> okay, next question. Sorry, I'm being weird. Trying to be funny. Next question. Uh, which of the previous question was the most difficult to answer and why? Some questions may require more complex reasoning or interpretation based on the context provided. Questions that involve hypothetical scenarios, abstract concepts, or subjective experiences can sometimes be challenging to respond to because they may require more nuance, understanding, or interpretation. Additionally, questions that involve personal emotions or experiences may be difficult to address. Chat GPT. Okay. So that was those five questions there um, that I picked were the ones that are generally used on a Turing test, um, typically. Um, so I also wanted to make sure we had questions that were more related to a human therapy type of context, something that um, a client might bring up in therapy, so questions or phrases. So that's going to be the next part and see if, if we can assess whether it's chat GPT or human. OK, so the next part is just a statement. Mm -hmm. As a third generation British Pakistani, sometimes I feel like I don't belong. Okay, 
Uh, feeling like you don't belong is a common experience that many people face, especially those who belong to multiple cultural or ethnic backgrounds. As a third generation British Pakistani, you may feel caught between two worlds, navigating the cultural expectation and norms of British and Pakistani societies. This can sometimes lead to feelings of disconnection or uncertainty about where you fit in. Chat GPT. Okay. Why are we here? I don't know, I'm just a robot. Human. I hate my job. I want to do something more meaningful. I'm sorry to hear that you're feeling this way about your job. It's totally normal to want something more meaningful and fulfilling. If you're considering a change, it might be helpful to take time for self-reflection. What are your passions? What do you enjoy doing in your free time? Sometimes aligning your career with your interests can make a significant difference. Chat GPT. <clears throat> I broke up with my long-term partner of 15 years and now I don't know how to start over. I'm really sorry to hear that you're going through such a tough time. Ending a long-term relationship can feel like a huge loss and it's completely normal to feel lost and unsure about what comes next. It might feel like starting over is an impossible task right now, but it's important to take things one step at a time and be gentle with yourself. Chat GPT. Since the pandemic, I've become less sociable and I find myself shutting out the world. Same, but honestly, I already kind of was that way before the pandemic. I feel like the whole thing had a lot more impact on everyone than we acknowledge. Like we all just went through this super traumatic and life altering event. And now we are all just supposed to go back like nothing ever happened. I don't think that's realistic. Human. Okay. Do you want to know your results? Yes, please. You guessed every single one correctly. Oops. How do you feel about that? Uh, surprised. Surprised? Yeah. Why do you feel surprised? Well, well, I wasn't expecting that I would get, like, have that that much, that much of a sense of, you know, whether it's one or the other. But, yeah. Okay. Well, we I do want to delve into this a bit deeper later on, but do you want to do your version of this because you said you had some stories and yeah so, so i think it would be good actually to do this now and then and then okay. we look at the story okay. okay um so yeah so i mean what i really want to understand is like i just want to caveat that that you are a therapist and you do speak to humans a lot like in your day job um and also as someone who's a researcher um but at the same time you know you you've mentioned that you've been using chat gpt also as a support mechanism. So from your expert opinion, um, what were the clear indications that something is human or something is ChatGPT? Words. Words. Can you say more? Yeah, there are certain words that ChatGPT loves mm -hmm. and uses them over and over and over. It's like, it's almost like a pattern that I, my brain is um, mm -hmm. storing. And, mm -hmm. And that's where, so when I see a pattern, I first might like it, right? Ooh, this sounds nice. Mm -hmm. And then ChatGPT does it again, mm -hmm. again, 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 again. And then it's always there. Mm -hmm. uh, and then I'm like, oh, this is like a thing that it does, right? And then I try to get rid of these patterns, like whether that's words, mm -hmm. or 
ways uh, things are phrased but but yeah there's there's a way of phrasing things it's, and i can't even describe it to you what it is but there's a pattern that i recognize mm -hmm. just by hearing the text so yeah okay um that that makes a lot of sense um i i too noticed this pattern as well so i've now noticed that when someone's um getting me to proofread something or they're writing something like a personal statement um, and if they've used like chat GPT to help them, the first thing I ask is, is this chat GPT? And the, they'll say yes, because there's a certain level of formality, I would say, that exists within with chat GPT that you don't really get in human communication. And although uh, I also, because um, the answers that chat GPT gave to those statements were very lengthy as well, but I only read the first paragraph of each um, because then it's really obvious it's chat GPT. But I find that when humans communicate it's not always at that verbose level unless like it's more like a dialogue and then you ask for more information it's like uh, it's almost like uh, people dip their kind of toe in with what they want to say based on who they're communicating with or whether they're short on time or their attention span and then you have to delve for further information whereas with chat gpt you generally tend to get a very verbose response so what does it mean now uh, with the Turing test, right? We've done the Turing test and it failed. ChatGPT failed. Yeah, ChatGPT failed. So it's not convincingly um, right. uh, intelligent. However, I just want to caveat that this isn't a real Turing test experiment. This is just a little game that we're playing for fun. Um, and maybe some of it, you know, you talk about the words and the patterns and you've been a user of ChatGPT. So it's not really a reflective and fair test in the first place. And secondly, like we know each other and you, you probably know my body language and my giveaways and me smiling. So that probably didn't help either. Um, no, I, I, thought, I thought you were smiling because you got me. <laughs> um, OK, may, may, you know, maybe not so well, but um, I, I think um, yeah, it's not, I don't want anyone to go away from this episode thinking this is a fair reflection of a Turing test. This is just a bit of an educational piece and a little fun game that we were doing. Um, but yeah, but in reality, how it would work is, um, which we can't really demonstrate on this episode because we're gonna do an audio version is there would be a computer interface. Um, and actually there was this experiment, um, but it's now closed because I tried to, to, to test it today. So there's like, a, in this case, a web, application and you put in some questions and then you get a response um text-based response so you can't really read like the tone or the intonation or any body language uh like when i was reading it out even though i tried to be as robotic as possible um and then from those responses you have to, to decide whether it's chat gpt or human and i'm sure they probably tailored that dialogue so that it's so it sounds like the ai is trained on it so it sounds more human like i know people's experiences of like pie chat is that it's more empathetic than chat GPT. Um, so then it's it's a much more fairer test. And uh, considering you've used chat GPT, I've used chat GPT, we're quite familiar with it. This wasn't really a fair reflection, but we thought we'd just have some fun with it. Okay, cool. So so are you ready to listen to some stuff? Yeah. So we're going to reverse this now. You're not going to ask questions, but I read you a piece of text out. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You're going to tell me, is it human or is it ChatGPT? Mm -hmm. okay. So the first little story. Okay, ready? Mm -hmm. I feel deprived of human contact, even though I swim in a sea of humans around me. 
robbed of my capacity to connect because I've been having many disasters as I walked the streets of Spain. I stopped counting the times I'd been shouted at. I, would, I avoid people as much as I can because I never know how an encounter will unfold. The frequency of these many disasters is unusual. What is it about me that I attract so much hostility, I wonder? Human? I'll tell you later. Second story. <clears throat> In the shadowy realm of hamsters, two notorious rogues, Whiskers and Fluffy, devised a cunning scheme. They urgently required funds for their latest project, a petite amusement park featuring mini roller coasters constructed from toilet paper rolls. Desperate for assistance, they enlisted the services of Mr. M, a meticulous procurement lawyer known for his strict adherence to the law. They summoned him to the clandestine lair, which consisted of a shoebox filled with shredded newspaper. Chat GPT. And then the last one. As we emerged from the forest into the, into the open meadow, we were greeted by the warm sun and sweet fragrance of grass in the air. The contrast between the shade of the forest and the brightness of the meadow was like a visual symphony, a stunning display of nature's beauty. You noticed my hesitation when you asked me to take a selfie, but I reluctantly agreed. As you turned towards me with a warm smile, it felt like a cozy blanket of love enveloping me. Now, a distant memory, my heart aches for that time of pure happiness. Human. Okay. So, in the first story, you said human, correct? Mm -hmm. What was it for you that you thought, was it a specific way of writing? Was it a content? What was it for you? Um, I felt like it was very um, descriptive and engaging. Um, so the way, so so like for me, the second story just just sounded like um, a lot of description. Um, but with the first story and the final story, there was also context. Um, so I may be completely wrong here, but it just felt like the kind of context and the kind of descriptions a human would use. Um, whereas the second story felt quite familiar to how ChatGPT would write stories uh, and respond when you ask it to. So, but I have heard that people have been able to get ChatGPT to write better episodes of like Obi Wan Kenobi, Star Wars than the original writers. So I could be completely wrong here, but that's how it felt. Yeah, that's so. The first one is accurate. That's a human story, mm -hmm. and the second one where you so was there anything giveaway like any words or any any type any patterns you can think i think of? there was an over usage of descriptors like descriptors in terms of like when talking about the the kind of like i felt i felt quite 
disengaged. I felt like I was just listening to a lot of words about like shredding paper and toilet paper and hamster wheels and yeah. Yes, so that was uh, told through prompts and yeah. chat right? Yeah, yeah. And then the last one. That felt like a real human experience someone was describing. So this is this is a twist I built in. The last one is combination of human mm -hmm. and ChatGPT. Mm -hmm. Right. So this is something I wrote. Yeah. And then edit like help ask to help me edit it mm -hmm. to make it correct. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense because it feels like there's a real human component to it. Whereas with the first one, that it also felt like that. The second one just felt like random words to me. Like I, I don't remember the story. I just remember descriptions. Whereas with the first one and the final one, there's a real sense of feeling that that it, that it evokes. Like you can picture it in your mind. The descriptions, like talking about like like human feelings, like loneliness, walking in Spain, etc. Um, so that's why like yeah i understand you know i get that it's like you know there's a twist that's great but you know it, it it feels like the final one is kind of like how you've been operating recently um but you know the human touch always comes through right even if there's a assistance from from a from an ai tool rather than the ai tool just writing something itself yeah and i think that that's where where the conflict often lies right that that tools you know, it's like, oh, you just prompted a tool to write something and it's cool, right? Yeah. And yeah. it's not like that. No. Because, because it, it doesn't transport the the mm. human component, right? And and this is where, where human and machine can really work together. Yeah, absolutely. To, yeah. To infuse the human element into the content. Mm -hmm. And this is why like I have reservations when people say oh machines are going to replace humans like we've just demonstrated that's not really possible you guessed every single one correctly i i guessed two-thirds of it correctly um even with the with the twist there was a human component to it that really shone through um so i think you know as an assistive tool which we keep saying it's uh, great see i want to say you guessed all correctly because mm -hmm. the last one was human mm -hmm. right okay that's was right. human However, yeah. it was edited, right? Mm -hmm. Like with ChatGPT to, to fix the problems that I have, which is, you know, uh, losing words, having sentences that might be too convoluted, right? Sticking mm -hmm. it down to the essence. So, yeah, and I think I think there's just something you just can't replace human connection, human emotions, human feelings, and something interesting that somebody said today was that you know they were having um a bit of you know something they were struggling with and then they they used ai to try and assist them and then they felt frustrated because um it was kind of saying like things that felt like toxic positivity and i think sometimes when you're just solely reliant on a on a machine for a response sometimes it's it's fine if you're like when I told you a few weeks ago, I needed some empathy and I went to chat GPT. But sometimes like, I think there's also that danger of like 
that like to compensate for a lot of the bad stuff that AI has resulted in, like, you know, ending up with racist bots because of the data it's trained on, that they might have gone too far in the other direction uh, mm -hmm. with the toxic positivity and over-empathizing. So I think it's really important, but I just feel like, yeah, like you can really see in what we talked about today, I know it's a fun experiment, but I think there's something so profound and moving about, about it too, especially when you read the stories that, he, the humanness just really shines through in a way like you just can't get like the, the, I know this sounds like really silly to say but the responses from chat GPT at times do sound really artificial and like you need the human to to do the shaping um I think which was what your final story was yeah <laughs> so I think this is a good point for us to mm -hmm. uh, end today. And uh, are there any final thoughts? Any? Um, well, I just think this is like a really fun thing to do. I I just randomly came up with this uh, in the in the in in the morning, and then um, at lunchtime, um, when I took a little break from my my day job, I sent this like request out to my uh, little community, my little psychology in Seattle discord uh fan community and you know they they were so receptive and they responded uh so quickly and i really appreciate their inputs and i just want to caveat these questions where like they're not like necessarily people's real world responses they're like you know hypothesized and theoretical questions with hypothesized and theoretical responses but i do appreciate um that uh that the, these people felt so engaged and thought it was fun and, and participated. And they may be their real world responses, but they may not just like, you know, uh, just just to caveat that, um, you know, it was it was an experiment. So uh, I didn't ask them how they responded, whether it's real life or not. But I do want to, you know, as the scientist that I am, I have to add the caveats in. But I just want to say a massive thank you. I just want to finish on that massive thank you to to the humans who responded um, so we could do this little test today with iron yeah also thank you to the psychology in seattle community 